Welcome to the Faith Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler II. We believe today's message will empower you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Here's today's message. Open your Bibles with me to James chapter 1, verse 17. As I said, we've been doing a series called Operation Glory this whole month of December. And if you missed it, go ahead and watch. Go ahead and catch up on our podcast or on YouTube or on our website, FCCGA.com. We're going to go in a slightly different direction today. Uh, you can go ahead and bring out the chairs for my example. And so one of the things we did in September after in August, we celebrated 25 years of faith. In September, we launched our new vision and mission statement. And this series, Operation Glory, has been helping us get on mission. And so vision, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Our mission statement is to create an environment where anyone can experience the love of God, understand his word, and become part of a family that radically impacts our communities and the world. Last month, we saw on Preparing Your Family for 2019 Part 4, we saw that the early church positioned themselves to receive God suddenly because they were on mission. Say on mission. Or doing what God had instructed them to do. If we as individuals and as a church family are on mission, we can position ourselves for God suddenly as well. How many want some suddenlies to happen in 2019? Well, that you need to be on mission so you can be positioned to receive it. So in this series, Operation Glory, we've been getting on mission. So let's continue to get on mission and get ready for our suddenly. We said this would be a year of fullness, overflow, and glory. Earlier in the year, we shared about fullness. We shared about overflow, but now we're continuing to share about glory. And so if you have the YouVersion Bible app, how many have the YouVersion Bible app? You can find my notes on there. You can go to where it says more and events, and you'll see the Christmas experience. And those are my notes that I'm preaching from today. And you can save them in your device and follow along with me now or look at them later. So when people think about Christmas, some people, a lot of the people in this room, think about the Christ behind Christmas. Amen? Well, I guess some of you that do. But outside of the people who already think that way, and think about Jesus and everything that Christmas means and the twofold mission behind Christmas. What else do people think about? Come on, you can say it because y'all want some gifts. Say it. Now, what some people do because they think about, well, Christmas has been commercialized. How many of you heard that before? How many of you have seen the Facebook philosophers go to war over the commercialization of Christmas? But here's something you probably won't expect me to say. Never say never. Say never, never. Ever, ever, separate Christmas from gifts. Look at your neighbor and say, never, never. separate Christmas separate from gifts. Look at your other neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Don't make him repeat himself. <laughs> so James chapter 1 verse 17, why is this important to Operation Glory and the Christmas door? Why should we never separate Christmas from gifts? James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You see, the root of Christmas is God giving Jesus to bring us out of the slave market of sin and to lift us into the glory of his presence. The first Christmas is all about what God gave. And we know that from John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, right? 
But look at James 1.17 one more time. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift. Notice he says every twice. You don't have to say every twice. So if he's saying every twice, he's trying to bring home a point. James is a pastor, and he is making sure that those he's writing to understands the point he's trying to make. That every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. This word gift doesn't just mean something you give. It also points to God's mode of operations. So when you look at this word gift in the Greek and what the New Testament is written from, it is talking about something that is continuous or something that's God's habit. So God's habit is only to give good and perfect gifts. So God will not give you anything that is not good nor perfect. So before people try to religious-size it and get out of that statement, let me tell you what the word good here in Greek means. It means improving, enhancing, or upgrading. Improving, enhancing, or upgrading. The word perfect here means completing, or perfecting, or finishing. So God, his habit, his mode of operations, is only to give things that are good, that are improving, that are enhancing, that are upgrading, that are completing, and perfecting. So if it comes to God, it adds to us. Say, adds to us. If it comes from God, it completes us. It completes us. If it comes to God, it upgrades us. Say, upgrades us. So that means God doesn't send evil things on you to teach you a lesson. God does not give you cancer so you can learn something. God doesn't break up your home so that you can become closer to Jesus. God doesn't do that. Don't we think our God is smart enough to use his own tactics instead of borrowing tactics from the enemy? God only gives good gifts. Say, God only gives good gifts. That's why we can boldly wake up every day and say, something good is going to happen to me today. Because God only gives good gifts. Now, this phrase, come up down, is an interesting phrase. Because we see, okay, yes, good gifts, perfect gifts, completing, upgrading gifts come down from heaven. That's a good thought, and they do. But this phrase, come up down, it's like how we would describe a downpour or a thundershower or just how it rains in Georgia. Because, you know, on most rains, it can start out really light. But if you don't get inside fast, you'll be soaked in five seconds. This is a downpour of rain. This is the same phrase for come of down. How does God give good and perfect gifts? Does he give one every once in a while? No. He sends them in a downpour. So when it comes from God, it's not just good. It's not just upgrading. It's not just perfect. It's not just completing. They come from him in a downpour because God's heart is in giving good gifts. This is his habit. And so the thing is, when he gives good gifts, you might say, well, why have I been hit with one lately? Well, everything that comes from God must be received by how? So if you don't have faith, you won't receive it. One of the ways how it's structured in Greek, I was learning from Rick Renner, was that it points to people playing catch. So if you're playing catch with your heavenly father to get your hands in position to catch, you need to have some faith. God is always sending good and perfect gifts. He's already sent some good and perfect gifts your way. Some of you have caught it and didn't even realize you caught some stuff. But we're going to talk about it today because your gift shows who Jesus is. Say, my gift, my gift 
shows who Jesus is. So every gift God gives is good. Say every gift God gives is good. And it is his habit of seeing good gifts like a heavy downpour of rain. So a couple scriptures, and we'll go forward. We looked at some of these last week. Ephesians 3, 7 says, Whereof I was made a minister, Paul says, according to the gift, say gift, of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Ephesians 4, 7 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Say gift. 1 Corinthians 7, 7, the latter part of the verse says, But every man has his proper gift. Say gift. Of God, one after this manner and another after that. Every person has a gift from God. Paul says, I am who I am. I do what I do because of the gift God has given me. We all have different and unique gifts. Our gifts are as different and as various as we are because our God is a creative God. Now, you will receive more gifts in the future. Some of you receive more gifts today. But you have gifts right now. Say, I have a gift. Say, I have gifts. And the gifts that you have are good. The gifts that you have are upgrading. The gifts that you have are enhancing. Why? Because God gave them to you. Whatever God gives is upgrading, it's good, it's enhancing, and it's completing. Now, also, with your gifts, every person has what I'm calling today the three T's. Time, talent, and treasure. So everybody has time, talent, and treasure. Everybody has it. Whether you think you have a lot or not, everybody has time, talent, and treasure. And all those things are gifts from God. And they are good. So what will you do with the gift God has given you? What will you do with the gift God has given you? It is a good gift. And what will you do with your time, your talent, and your treasure? Go to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. We're going to look at verse 14 through 18. Matthew 25, verse 14. Now I need two Kids World volunteers. Someone, okay, wow, those two hands right there, come here. One of you take a seat right here and smile at everybody. All right, and you take a seat right over here. Now, Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And one, he gave five talents, which is the amount of money. To another, two talents, which is the amount of money. And to another, one. Now, these weren't small amounts of money, by the way. And to every man, according to several abilities. So based on the ability they had, this man gave them money to match their ability. And straightway, he took his journey. Then he that had received five talents went and traded with the same and made them five other talents. And likewise, he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that received only one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Now, why did he have this attitude? As you keep reading through the parable, he hid it because he said, well, I didn't get what the guy who had five had. 
I didn't get what the guy who gave two had. I only got one, so I'm going to hide it. I'm going to bury it. Remember, every gift from God is good. Whether it's one, two, or five. But this person only got one, did not value the gift God gave him. So, fellas, I need you to close your eyes. On the stage, close your eyes. Keep them close. Come on. Like, keep them close. So, every gift from God is good. Every single gift, whether it's five, two, or one. Say, every gift from God is good. It upgrades me. It completes me. It finishes me. Every single gift. Keep the eyes closed. I know. Sorry. I know. I got it. I understand. All right. I need you to keep your eyes closed a little bit longer, okay? All right. I want you. Okay, open your eyes. Now, if you woke up Christmas morning and he had two gifts like this, wouldn't you be happy? Yes. Now, I want you to look what he got. Did you hear him? He went, wow. Now, if you woke up Christmas morning and this was before you, would you be happy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But every gift that God gives is good. But see, sometimes we don't value the gift God gives because we compare. And comparison is the thief of joy. See, too many people are doing it for the gram and looking at what everyone else has and trying to make themselves pretty with all their gifts when they don't got that many gifts, but they're still jealous of the person who has all the gifts. So they say, well, I'm going to pretend I got more gifts than I got, and I'm going to bury the rest of my gifts so that I look better on Insta. I look better in life. Comparison is a thief of joy, and it will keep you. You see how he's counting? It's like, oh, that's so cute. But that's what you adults do every single day. Why do they have those gifts? Why do they got that money? Why do they get paid that way? Why this? Why that? You're comparing all day long and your joy disappears. And Satan is able to enter in and destroy your life. Are you comparing? Have you devalued the gifts God has given you? When every gift he gives is good, is perfecting. It's upgrading. So whether you have one, two, five, a thousand, doesn't matter. What are you doing with the gifts God has given you? Thank you, gentlemen. Now, one of the things we have, you see his eyes lit up. In Kids World, we have the Faith Kids Bookstore, and this is how they buy stuff. Here you go. A hundred kids books for you. A hundred faith books for you. A hundred faith books for you. Go ahead, guys. You guys can be seated. You go ahead and sit down, man. Go ahead. No, those are empty. You don't want them anyways. <laughs> he was like, wait, yes. It's like, I knew it paid to come to church. So never have this attitude with God's gifts. That person has more gifts than me. So I shouldn't use what God gave me. That is a 
attitude that gets on God's nerves. Now, I don't want to get on God's nerves. Does anybody want to get on God's nerves? Because God gives good gifts. What if parents, your kids wake up on Christmas morning, and they look at the gifts you gave them, and they're happy, then they look at Instagram and saw someone, well, someone else got. And then they're not happy or grateful for what you gave them. Somebody like, well, we're going back to the store. That's why I keep receipts. <laughs> we need to make sure we don't have this attitude with what God gave us because every gift from God is good and is upgrading. And you have a gift, at least one. You have it right now. So I need a teenager, teenager for an example. All right, come on now. All right, stand right there. Oh, actually, because it's a little darker, you can come up on stage. So, it's not a trick question. Here's a $10 bill. Mm -hmm. Here's a $1 bill. What is worth more? Not a trick question. Ooh, I like that answer. Smart. Brilliant. Yes, if we're talking about currency, the $10 bill. Not talking about what backs it up, but the $10 bill, that's another message. So, the $10 in this case is worth more than the $1, right? But what, what if you never did anything with the $10 and you just kept it in your pocket, or as an example says, you just hid in the earth, but you took this $1 and invested it, and this $1 made $20. What is not worth more? So look at this. It's not always about what you have in your hands. It's about what you do with it. It's not always about the good gifts God gives. It's about what you do with the gift he's given you. Thank you, Nala. You can keep it. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. So before we move on, now kids, teenagers, you want to make sure you're here next week because we're giving out even more stuff. <laughs> so you want to make sure that your parents wake up early next week to get you to the house of God. <laughs> so let me give you a turn before we move on and begin to wrap this thing up. Grace gift. Say grace gift. Grace gift. A grace gift is a supernatural ability that God gave you for your own fulfillment and for changing the world. A grace gift is a supernatural ability that God gave you for your own fulfillment, and for changing the world. It is something that's easy for you to do. You're motivated toward it. You're passionate about it. You see things through the lens of this gift, this grace gift, and you are energized by it. So it's a supernatural ability that God gave you for your own fulfillment and for changing the world. It is easy for you. You're motivated toward it. You're passionate about it. And you see things through the lens of this grace gift and you are energized by it. Now, before we move on and talk more about grace gifts, I want you to understand there are three different sets of gifts in the New Testament. You have the fivefold ministry gifts, which are people gifted to lead and train the rest of the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. These fivefold ministry gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, God has clearly marked them to fulfill these roles. Then you have the gifts of the Spirit. We see them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. These are supernatural exhibitions of the Holy Spirit at work through a Christian. These are supernatural exhibitions of the Holy Spirit 
at work through a Christian. The gifts of the Spirit operate through any believer that the Holy Spirit decides to operate through as he wills. The gifts of the Spirit operate through any believer as the Holy Spirit decides to operate as he wills. Now, grace gifts. These abilities God has built into mankind to be used to benefit others in our workplace and our community for his glory. These grace gifts are abilities that God has built into mankind to be used to benefit others in our workplace and community for his glory. Everyone has a grace gift. Everyone. And everyone can use it as they choose. They can bury it and never use it. They can use it slightly. They can keep working at it and get better at it. It's really up to you. You don't need where the gifts of the Spirit, it has to flow as the Holy Ghost is willing. If he decides, all right, this, I want a tongue. I want interpretation. There's the ability imparted. I want to go through the gifts of healing. I want to go through the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discern the spirits. Those gifts are imparted. They're working as he wills. But when it comes to grace gifts, it's as you will. These are some of the good gifts God has given you. And so you can't say, well, I'm waiting on God to use my grace gift. No, he's waiting on you to use your grace gift. Because where it comes to your grace gift is as you will. It says, as I will. So you have a grace gift. What will you do with what God has given you? So go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We'll start at verse 6. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, when you study this out, this more means encouraging and exhortation. You must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy, to encourage, or to exhort. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then you can use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Now go to 1 Peter chapter 4. When you see in King James, one of it says the gift of mercy. This is the gift of showing compassion. And you see this gift often operating in nurses. I know we have a number of nurses in this congregation. It is a gift you have to be able to take care of others in their time of need. To care for them, to watch over them. That is a gift, a grace gift God has given you. And then also you see there's a grace gift where it concerns giving. Well, this grace gift concerns giving, as you studied out, wasn't just, okay, you can give because we're all called to be givers. We're all called to sow mercy. So when you look at these gifts, it's something that's above the normal amount. And so when you look at the grace gift for giving, this is a person who just makes money. It is easy for them to make money. And then as they do it, they give it away. 
So they already have more than enough for them and their family and their needs, and they know how to save. But now they're not just over and above givers like the rest of us. They over, over, over and above give frequently. It's a gift God has given. And notice what Paul said is it's prosper in your generosity without fanfare. So we all have different gifts that upgrade us, that enhance us, that complete us. But our gifts aren't just for us. There's a portion of our gifts that also belong to our family and our friends. So we can help upgrade them, enhance them, manifest the goodness of God towards them. There's also a portion of your gifts that belong to the house of God. So you can help upgrade, enhance, and perfect the house of God. There's also a portion of your gifts that belongs to the community. So you can upgrade, enhance, and help complete the community you live in. And also wherever place God has called you to go so you can help upgrade, enhance, and complete wherever you are. So 1 Peter 4, verse 7, I'm going to once again read from the Passion Translation. So since we're approaching the end of all things, be intentional, purposeful, and self-controlled so that you can be given to prayer. Above all, constantly echo God's intense love for one another. For love will be a canopy over a multitude of sins. Be compassionate to foreigners without complaining. Every believer has received grace gifts. So that means me. Now, everybody say, that means me. So use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. For example, if you have the speaking gift, speak as though God were speaking his words through you. If you have the gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength God gives, so that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. For to him belong the power and glory forever throughout all ages. Amen. See, operating in our gifts brings God glory, honor, praise, and fame. Not operating in the gifts God has given us will decrease the fame and praise God could be given. See, there are many gifts, grace gifts, talents, and abilities that God gives. There are various as we are because God is a creative God. There are some gifts that people who are just gifted in IT and technology, it is just easy for them to do anything like that. That is a gift. There are some people who are gifted at cleaning, and they like to clean. Some of you are like, I have to clean. But there are some people who just love to clean, and they're good at it. I remember we had one volunteer here who said, hey, I just want to help out, serve out some extra time. And she came and cleaned the stage for us. When she was done, the stage looked better than we've built when we built it. We all looked at it and went, it's a grace. It's a gift. There are some of you that you walk in the room and everybody feels encouraged. Everybody feels happier. Because they encountered you. It's a gift. Don't neglect your gift. That's what we're told in 1 Timothy 4.14. Don't neglect, neglect the gift that is on the inside of you. Don't be the one that buries it in the ground. Because you don't think your gift is as important as others. You're a gift. Say, I'm a gift. You have to realize you're a gift. You have gifts. 
You can never forget that. You have gifts. Don't hide them. Use them. Kendra, you're a gift. Nyla, you're a gift. Connie, you're a gift. Victor, you're a gift. Don't forget about your gifts. Hansel, you're a gift. Don't forget about what God has put on the inside of you. Because as you use your gifts, it upgrades. It enhances. It completes. Use your gifts. Because it will bring glory, honor, praise, and fame to God. Remember, with our grace gifts, he's given us time, talent, which are grace gifts, and treasure. We can take our time and develop our talent, which will cause us to gain more treasure. We can wisely use our time and talent to produce more treasure. And we can also use our talent and treasure to make better use of our time. These three T's, the time, the talent, and the treasure, belong to you. But since God gave them to you, they come with divine responsibilities and arenas for your use, as I said, in your own life, in your family, your friends, in your church, in your community, wherever God has called you to go. Always remember there's a portion of your gifts that belong to all these arenas. There's a portion of your time that belongs to all these arenas. There's a portion of your time that belongs to you and your family and your friends and your church and your community and your workplace. There's a portion of your treasure that belongs to you and your family and your friends and your community and your church and your workplace. There's a portion of your talent that belongs to all those places. Never forget that. Never forget why God has gifted you. So what are you doing with your gifts? What are you doing with the three T's? Don't neglect them. Don't bury them. Use them for the glory of God. Because this is still operation glory. God has redeemed you and placed his glory within you, as well as giftings, abilities, and talents. With your time, how will you bring glory to God? With your talent, how will you bring glory to God? With your treasure, how will you bring glory to God? With those three T's, how will you manifest the glory of God? With their treasure, how will you further the twofold mission behind the Christmas store? For that is the same mission as our mission here at Faith. We must do anything short of sin to win people to Jesus. And we must be those who operate in the glory of God. So use your time, your talent, your treasure, and every gifting God gives. Because with the three T's and your grace gifts in the glory of God, we will ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands towards heaven. Say, Father, thank you for my gifts. Thank you for entrusting me with grace gifts. Thank you for giving me time, talent, and treasure. Now help me use these things to bring glory to Jesus so that more people may know him. More people may come into a relationship with him. And through my grace gifts, through my time, through my talent, through my treasure, we can populate heaven and plunder hell. 
In Jesus' name. Now, Father, remind us of gifts we've forgotten, gifts we've neglected, gifts we've buried, gifts we've put inside. Help us as we go into 2019 in this last week of 2018. Stir up those gifts within us. Remind us. Show us your glory. And let 2019 be a year where we manifest your glory. And all stand in awe as you work through us in our grace gifts as we dedicate our time, our talent, our treasure to you so that we can ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We never want to close a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So if you've never asked him into your heart, you've never made him your Lord and Savior, pray this prayer with me today and mean it from your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died for me, but on the third day, you raised him from the dead. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live this Christian life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.